0: today we're going to take a look at a report from the Brightfield Group on consumer trends for buying CBD during a pandemic. Kind of important to take a look at what's happening around the North American marketplace to see what's going to happen down the road with pricing, consumer product trends, buying behavior, all of that stuff. Welcome back to the Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, capital markets analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast. To help us do that, is Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast.
1: Thanks, Josh.
0: So, buying CBD during a pandemic, there's different uh, channels and consumer trends that are going to affect the market overall. The ongoing pandemic has caused extra stress for consumers, and despite the expense, many are not giving up their CBD during this time. However, with the closing of many retail outlets and stay at home orders in place. Consumers turned to the outlets for CBD purchases in the first half of 2020, going online for all of their orders. So from uh, quarter one to quarter two, the share of CBD consumers reporting online purchasing rose from 23 to 47% and top brands reported corresponding uh, spikes in online sales. Then the second quarter saw a height of stay-at-home orders and brands with the heavy brick-and-mortar presence were hit especially hard. So online sales, they have struck at the share of consumers who report buying CBD online, has held steady in the third quarter. However, the latest data shows consumers are venturing out again. So in the third quarter, 41% of consumers reported that they had recently started shopping in-store again for CBD products Probably just in time for them to go right back indoors (laughs) during the flu season. I think that was probably, um, you know, during the summer months, people are ready to get out and, and do things outdoors and then right back inside as soon as that fear porn hits with the media kind of shoving all of this down our faces again. But nonetheless, we do have some interesting quarter over quarter over quarter trends. And it looks like online is the way to go.
1: You know, Josh, this statistic is very interesting to me about online ordering basically doubling after the onset of the uh, of the uh, pandemic. And the reason it's interesting is a lot of online retailers still struggle with credit card processing and how they uh, can access credit cards when you are a open and transparent uh, CBD provider, it it can be a struggle. So I wonder if these people that are buying online to see such a jump of a 50% jump uh, in in one quarter to online, I wonder if somebody who's shopping, you know, at at Prime, which goes to Whole Foods, uh, whether they're just throwing a CBD product in their cart at Whole Foods, uh, which of course does not struggle with credit card processing, or whether these individuals are purchasing from a, a let's call it a CBD store for, for lack of a better term, given the difficulties that these online retailers face. I, I wish they would address that in this statistic because it is a fascinating statistic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely is going to be the way to go. Online ordering is just kind of um, a natural progression that people are going towards away from the malls, more towards online and convenience. But yeah, with stay at home, kind of just makes sense that you have to buy from online. I just wonder what it's going to do to um, being able to find the best brand. Because I know that with online shopping, you don't always find what's actually in the store. There's a, a disconnect between online availability and what's really in the store um and so maybe you'll find that with isopropyl alcohol or toilet paper <laughs> doesn't mm. seem like it's available online but it's there you just have to go and find it and so maybe the same thing with uh, CBDs: Are you're finding really like that full spectrum or are you just being sold this isolate you know hot dog water product that isn't really going to do anything for you and then you're not going to go back and and rebuy it again kind of maybe utilizing in-store support and help to make that purchasing decision. And if it's not there, what are you buying? But nonetheless, the trends are there. They're going and they're buying it online. Mm -hmm. So there are some specialty retailers in particular, CBD specialty retailers and pharmacies saw an uptick in consumer reporting purchases. So third quarter, you saw 40% of CBD consumers reported purchasing from a CBD specialty retailer, such as CBD American Shaman. And then specialty, um, CBD specialty retailers provide consumers with the ability to learn more about CBD through knowledgeable employees, the ability to sample products, depending on the store, of course. While more mainstream retail outlets now carry CBD, you see, you see CBD-only retail stores such as CBD American Shaman uh, have an important competitive advantage in being exclusively CBD-focused in a time of general consumer uncertainty as they boost experience expertise related to those products and offer a wide variety versus just brick and mortar retail channels. So yeah, just kind of what we were just talking about.
1: Yeah, this is uh, yet another interesting uh, piece of information given the FDA murkiness around CBD that CBD only specialty retailers are thriving. Uh, that That's very interesting. Uh, Washington CBD is illegal. So <laughs> how are you gonna have a CBD only store when it's illegal? Uh, that being said, uh, less than a mile from my house, there is a CBD beverage store. Uh, so it, it's just interesting. Uh, how, how it's happening
0: yeah cbd beverages were banned in washington in uh, august of 2018 i think um, right after california the year after california did it so i don't know yeah you can't have cbd gummies I mean, either i mean there are certain cbd products that you can buy in washington but can't buy gummies can't buy infused beverages <laughs> makes it kind of hard
1: yeah it does i still have my cbd face cream though josh don't worry
0: Oh good. good. <laughs> so there are pharmacies. So in terms of like how people are buying, you have consumers returning in greater numbers to pharmacies with almost one fifth reporting buying through the channel in third quarter compared to only eleven percent in the second quarter and eight percent in the first quarter. So chain pharmacies have increased their brand offerings through t- throughout twenty twenty, though they're still cautious of their product offerings and are sticking to topicals. So during the pandemic, pharmacies have remained open as essential retailers, offering brick-and-mortar shoppers a consistent, convenient location to find CBD. Pharmacies are also benefiting from the growing mainstream momentum of the CBD industry, which is still drawing in new consumers. They've already recognized and understood and have confidence in the infrastructure surrounding pharmacy retailers and helping to lift social stigmas surrounding CBD, as well as concerns about the products. And in addition, brands such as uh, CBD distillery have targeted independent pharmacies with new clinical lines that offer pharmacists an exclusive high quality and often higher dose offerings to their customers. Like CBD specialty retailers, independent pharmacies can provide individual recommendations and personalized advice about CBD products and often carry a wide range of products than chain pharmacies. Back to the importance of bud tenders. Like, if you don't really have somebody that can be knowledgeable and tell people about that, it's going to take a lot longer for um, consumers to get over that hurdle and have peace of mind buying products.
1: Yeah, the the white coat effect. Uh, put anybody in a white coat, and you think that they're they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this would be a good channel for. Um, for, for a CBD brand that's looking to establish credibility, get into a pharmacy uh, and, and just have, or open a CBD only specialty retailer and everybody wear a white coat as the uniform, I guess. I don't know, but this is, uh, this is also in, interesting because uh, a licensed pharmacist uh, who is actually regulated by, by the state might struggle with the legality surrounding cbd and might not want to risk their license uh to to help somebody with with a cbd product and so this is also this is just a very interesting report josh uh, that pharmacists who are under a pressure just like everybody else to make money for for their store uh CBD would be a good category if, if their state or uh, other regulatory body is, is willing to give them some wiggle room on CBD.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if pharmacists still get kickbacks from big pharma, but that would be a huge hurdle to try and get a pharmacist to recommend something that they don't get financial incentives from. So there's that hurdle too. But to your point about that white coat phenomenon, my wife worked at the mall in high school for like an essential oil company, whatever. And um, when trying to recommend, you know, citrus for, you know, a calming or a lavender uh, scent for a calming effect, um, people didn't really care. But as soon as she put on a white lab coat, people were buying whatever she would recommend. And this, you know, she was just like this little high school girl. Um, But again, wearing this white lab coat kind of gave her a a sense of, Uh, i don't know expertise or whatever just from the white lab code so that is kind of an interesting point but moving on um they're saying what is to come more brands are offering easy to navigate website experience with consumers continuing to make purchases online however consumers still have many questions about cbd they're exploring different product types they're looking for expert advice that can be found in many brick and mortar outlets and continue to favor specialists and trusted channels like CBD specialty stores and pharmacies. And once the regulatory uncertainty surrounding ingestibles clear, it'll be more common to see wider range of product types, including tinctures and gummies and mainstream retailers like grocery stores, big box outlets and warehouse clubs.
1: We'll see. You want a thousand gummy pack from Costco?
0: <laughs> Depends on the price. <laughs> So product trends like beauty, skincare it's surpassing therapeutic topicals in uh, the second quarter of this last year. CBD topicals was reported to have a third of all of the CBD consumers for the first time. So the growth of CBD topicals, they can be attributed to their ease of use, familiarity with the format and availability at mainstream retailers. So in the third quarter, topicals for beauty and skin care surpassed therapeutic topicals for use. So from quarter one to quarter three, CBD, skincare, and beauty topicals increased 83%, where now a third of all CBD consumers report use. So this explosion in CBD for skincare and beauty can be attributed to the growing self-care movement and availability of skincare that has CBD in it. So at spas, hair salons, uh, they're all closed to the pandemic. So consumers took uh, these routines into their home. So the beauty industry in general has experienced increasing sale of skin, body, hair care as these routines changed. And the additional stress of that pandemic also spurred many consumers to practice self-care routines for the first time. And topicals are an easy way for uh, taking care of your skin. And in fact, uh, we just did a podcast recently for um, the Mask Hero And um, that actually got taken down from YouTube because I violated their community standards by talking about a product to help you with your mask. So I had to dispute that. First time I've ever had um, a copy or not a copyright strike. I've had a, a strike against me. It was a warning from YouTube violating their terms and conditions. So I had to dispute that because it is a legal product that you can buy, federally legal that you can buy in a grocery store. So obviously YouTube's algorithms suck
1: so. <laughs>
0: uh, but nonetheless we are seeing a lot of people using products like um, you know face mask uh, mask knee as they're calling it if you have to wear a mask for eight hours and you get acne from it there are products out there to kind of help with that for skin and beauty products um, definitely uh, taking off in, in popularity
1: Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really surprise me uh, seeing the pitch decks over the last year, year and a half, uh, and the fact that cosmetics, uh, skin uh cosmetics are, are not as highly regulated by the FDA uh, as um, a, a topical arthritis cream. It, this, this also makes sense to go into the to the skincare industry versus... Um, towing the line on a medical
0: claim. And the margins are huge too. So if you're going to look at medical versus, um, you know, a candy bar, it's going to be a lot more expensive for medical, even in the same candy bar for a dog, you know, let's just say like you've got a a treat for a human and a treat for a dog, the dog's going to be more expensive. So it's a higher margin. So that's why people are kind of diving into you know, beauty industry and, and pet industry, same product. It's just more SKUs and, and more margins and more opportunities. Yeah. So we're seeing some new CBD users bouncing back. People new to CBD or the newbies. They're exciting customers to watch. So the reasons that they turn to CBD where they heard about it and other self-reported markers allowed to understand what's driving entry into the market. We can see that the opportunities for brands to continue to draw new users into the market. So third quarter 2020, the number of new users in the market was the highest it's been since declining fourth quarter of 2019. When consumers uh, using three months or less made up 14% of the market in Q3 and consumers using three to six months made up another 17%. So looks like um, looking at new CBD users by quarter, percentage of all CBD consumers using CBD three months or less is 24% in the third quarter of 2019 and then half of that uh, third quarter of 2020. So is that because people were trying an isolate or a product that didn't work and they're like, okay, this isn't working as you know, other people talked about it without really knowing what they were using? I mean, we kind of have to infer what the drop was. Maybe they went from CBD to THC. Maybe they'd use something that didn't work. It's kind of hard to, hard to know.
1: Uh, this statistic, I think, is explainable just as, the, uh, uh, as simple as CBD entering the, the general market. Um, if you could not buy uh, a CBD product, uh, you know, at Whole Foods or 7-Eleven or Walgreens or whatever, uh, of course, you're going to try it for the first time and be a new user in 2019. Uh, so this this chart, I'm, I'm not incredibly impressed by this chart because there's no asterisk that says, you know, CBD became widely available in 2019.
0: So there's a lot of newbies that are entering the market with tinctures. So newbies in 2020, they shifted away from gummies and reported higher instances of tincture. So in the beginning of the year, newbies were using tincture and gummies at similar rates with about a third of the population reporting use for each. So as the pandemic set in, in the second quarter of 2020, the newbies reported higher rates of tincture use with 47% having used tincture in the past six months. Gummies was down 28%. That's a 14% decrease quarter over quarter. And now in the third quarter, newbies are using tincture more than ever with 56% reporting use. So from quarter one to quarter three, it was a 70% increase in tincture amongst those users. And again, I mean, we've kind of been saying it over and over is that being at home, you're looking for something that's gonna last longer and be a higher dose. And you don't necessarily want to be eating these sugar gummies all of the time when it has a limited amount. You just take that tincture and it's going to hit you a lot faster. You don't have to go through the digestive tract as much. Uh, Tincture can go um, quicker through the blood brain barrier and you can dose yourself instead of just eating these things over and over. So for me, uh, a tincture was a way that I got through Sober October using Mm -hmm. CBD, um, got rid of my... um, you know, THC, uh, um, me wanting to, to smoke, I guess. So it, you, using CBD allowed me for, you to, for me to uh, reduce stress and anxiety as well as my desire to use um, THC products and smoke. So mm-hmm. that was a surprise to me. I didn't really think that it would reduce my um, desire to, to consume or to, to burn, to combust THC, but it did. And I definitely use a lot more tincture than I have in the last year. I use a ton of it. Maybe other people were using it for the same thing. I don't know.
1: Well, this chart again is problematic because gummies have been banned in a lot of places. So if you are a a habitual consumer of CBD for for whatever ails you uh, and you can't buy a gummy anymore, well, you're gonna buy a tincture uh, the other thing that is not addressed on this chart is price. Uh, if you are a habitual CBD user for, for a medical condition or trying to get through sober October or, or whatever it is, uh, the, the CBD is very expensive. And if you are going to be sitting there taking 100 milligrams a day, you're not, you're not eating gummies. Uh, they're too expensive and uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're fun to have every once in a while and they, they're they nice and tasty, but a hundred milligrams a day, you're not doing gummies. And, and this chart doesn't address either one of those issues.
0: So at the same time, newbies are entering the market with a better understanding of dosage. So in the first quarter of 2020, 27% of newbies were unsure of their CBD dosage and this declined in the second quarter to 21% and hit an all-time low in the third quarter of only 14% of newbies not knowing the CBD dosage that they take. So likely due to the CBD companies prioritizing consumer information on the packaging and website, you saw uh, companies adding mild or moderate or mighty dosage classifications to make the decision easier for consumers. Uh, Other labels provided clear directions for consumption with a simple diagram of a CBD molecule or in graphics denoting which part of the body that the product may help. And then um, online education and other opportunities to try and get uh, people to understand how to use the proper dosage um, and with other companies following suit with information tabs on their website. And yeah, I definitely didn't know what my dosage was. You just kind of take it. And then as soon as that, um, stress or anxiety or pain comes back, you just take some more. So I was going from anywhere from 60 to 160 milligrams, um, at, uh, per serving doing that three to four times a day, just depending on how I needed it. So I think that's the other part. In addition to companies, you know, trying to tell you what your dosage is really, it's up to you to kind of figure that out. So new industry, new people trying it out, you know, obviously there's going to have to, Adjust and and um, and learn with the times on on how to inform people how to take their product.
1: I I think this is an excellent development. It is needed in both CBD and THC as new consumers come into the market that don't know what they're doing, don't know what they're taking, don't know how much to take, don't ha- know how often to take it. The, this information is just building credibility of your brand and and I'm glad to see it.
0: Yeah, this better than having too much THC and having heart palpitations and you know overdosing on on a THC cannabis edibles is is horrible. You don't have the same thing with CBD, but it you don't want to take too much cuz it is, you're not wasting it, but if you don't need to take as much then you don't need to. You can save that for, for the next time or whatever. So yeah, it's kind of just a new new industry, new, um, new ways of figuring out how to dose. Looking at some other pandemic trends. So uh, in the third quarter, the newbie CBD consumers specifically seem to be an influx of new users with children. So 61% of newbies have children in the home, which is up 54% from the second quarter of 2020. So as children stay at home to learn and go to school at home due to the pandemic parents have felt the strain of greater educational responsibilities so similarly uh, newbies are the most likely cbd users to be married as remote work continues many times from workspaces shared with a partner married people are picking up cbd to cope with the changes I just
1: want to stop you here, Josh, yeah. because this was a very well worded paragraph to say you've been cooped up with your partner and your kids for seven months. They're driving you crazy and you want to be responsible and not drink a gallon of wine every day and not smoke a, you know, an ounce of weed every day. So uh, I I think that they worded that paragraph very, very well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And back to the example of Pennsylvania completely banning alcohol on uh, Thanksgiving Day, you know, the north of France banning it during their lockdown and uh, Mm. Greenland banning it entirely during the lockdown. So you can't get alcohol in those areas. But, you know, yeah, parents are running out and getting CBD and probably THC products as well. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and anything, <laughs> anything.
0: <laughs> so additionally, the third quarter newbies, they were more affluent than the previous new users. So the new pandemic has left a lot of Americans unemployed or with reduced hours, leaving them with minimal disposable income. However, the white collar Americans spared from the economic turmoil seem to be the most likely to have picked up CBD in the third quarter of 2020. A third of newbies in the third quarter reported an income above 150000 so Q3 articulated an explosion of affluent newbies, but the numbers of new users in this income bracket has slightly increased every quarter since uh, fourth quarter of 2019. So yeah, parents, um, wealthy people, you know, if bars are closed down, they're just kind of looking for alternatives, I guess, to cope with um, kids at home and the stress. And it can't be easy, that's for sure. I don't think they signed up to, to be um, teachers and, you know, have, have their kids stay at home and, and, uh, bugging them all day.
1: (laughs) I, I sympathize with, uh, with, uh, families with, with young children during, during this time. Uh, but, uh, the fact that the newbie users are, are wealthy makes sense because CBD is, is a pricey, uh, pricey product. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've got friends that have kids with, um, with special needs, and it's been really, really challenging to try and uh, teach them from home. It's been really stressful for them, so they've definitely been um, using more, more cannabis and CBD, that's for sure. So consumer trends for heavy usage on the rise. Heavy CBD has held over uh, half since fourth quarter of 2019, has been climbing to 58% in the third quarter of 2020. Logically, the more consumers that use CBD, the more CBD they must buy. So the growth is in heavy CBD users will fuel the expansion of the US CBD market. And with newbies over indexing for daily and multiple times a day use, we can expect that heavy CBD to continue to increase. So in conclusion, C.B.D. brands are always on the lookout for how new users are behaving with the world beginning to settle into a new normal in the third quarter. These trends are strong leading indicators of what brands will need to be uh, are going to successfully into the fourth quarter of 2021. Additionally, Heavy users among new and existing users continue to increase, and so does the lifeline value of CBD consumers, emphasizing the importance for brands to truly understand who they are marketing to, how they can build loyalty, and create lifetime customer relationships. So the channels and consumer brands choose to target will influence success in these endeavors, and the fundamentals of the industry remain strong, so companies should be revisiting their strategies and tactics for distribution as well as consumer acquisition.
1: I really do not think that uh, the average CBD brand is looking at uh, millennials or Gen Z married making over $150,000 as their target market. Uh, And this data from the Brightfield group says that is the sweet spot. Uh, Someone who is on the younger side with kids and making a lot of money. Uh, that that is, is an interesting demographic. Of course, everybody wants that demographic, but you might wanna change up some of your advertising and uh, marketing dollars to go after that particular consumer. If they are gonna be buying uh, repetitively and on a volume basis, it's, it's perfect relationship.
0: Yeah. And they're expecting, um, I was watching CNBC this morning and they're expecting that online shopping is going to overtake brick and mortar for the first time ever. And so they're looking at, you know, Amazon stock pricing increasing because of that. Um, But what about these CBD companies? If this is the opportunity that they'll be able to sell more online than in stores ever, that's an opportunity to to, um, get to those folks who have Amazon Prime, who might be more affluent than those, you know, walking into a, um, a Walmart, for example, um, you're going to have to to up your your spend game, which is going to take a lot of money from a lot of companies that don't. Which is why we emphasize, you know, doing business in Puerto Rico and all these other advantages. Because how are you going to compete in marketing and advertising if you're, you know, doing business in California that has a huge tax rate and you're spending 16. percent more than you would be in Puerto Rico, for example. So that's why there's advantages. Um, You've got to look at how you're going to stay in business long term, because if you can't compete, um, then you're going to end up being acquired. Just like they said that the fundamentals remain strong uh, as well as consumer acquisition. So if you're going to try to uh, acquire consumers, you might be the one being acquired if you're not doing it right.
1: And uh, a word of caution, when you start going after this consumer and it turns out that it has coconut oil in it and you did not disclose it and they're allergic to it, you are in doo-doo because that consumer will take action. Uh, So uh, as we always say, be clear and be honest on your label of what is in it uh, because the, the millennials and the Gen Zs, uh, they really care about where their product is coming from and what is in their product. So you really, this is an opportunity for a cannabis entrepreneur to to shine uh, with with their product and uh, educate the consumer about their product, and you might have a long-term customer.
0: Absolutely. Just got to come back to The Talking Hedge and find out. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.